tonight, I want to do uh, kind of just a standalone, let's talk about this for the end of the year. If there were two things that I could wish for you guys this year in your life, in your walk with God, it would be this, that you would experience his grace and that you would walk in his love. You would experience. I believe that every time we come together, this should be a wonderful experience we have together with God. That's, that's my heart. So when, if you are coming here and you're like, Lord, I, don't, I, have, I need the answer to this question that I have. I'm just praying in Jesus' name that you help me. As a, I guarantee you somehow, some way, something will come out in the message or I'll go, I don't know why I'm saying this, but... And sure enough, God will meet that need. But you, gotta, you can't come in and be like, say something that bless me, I dare you. <laughs> you know, you got to come in with this heart of God. I'm here gathering together, waiting to hear from you. And I thank you. You're going to speak to my heart and my life in Jesus name. But I, guys, I really think that you should experience Jesus for yourselves every day in your own house. You know, and I'm not talking about like the, 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 the Saul of Tarsus thrown off his horse. The light is so bright he can't see. Jesus is speaking to him. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about an experience where there's a moment where you and God just connect. Something awesome is happening because you and God are connecting together. I just really believe that God wants to do. That's why we call it a relationship and not religion. A relationship is all about experience. A relationship is about spending time together. And so that's what I really believe that God wants to do for you. And that's what I'm really believing that if I could pick two things, those are the two things that I, that I, that I would pick for you. Number one, experience grace. Why? First of all, what is grace? Why do I want to experience it? What does that look like? You know, Jen and I live most of our Christian adult life in a, in a law, okay, law of do's and don'ts, 10 commandments and every other commandment that was ever said, you know, you live by the, the commandments, you know, you do that because it's honoring God and don't you dare slip up on one of those things because God's just going to pop your head off like a little dandelion, you know, I mean, that's, I mean, that was never said, but it was implied. You've got to work to get God to like you, to love you, to have favor. I mean, I'm not talking about, I used to believe that 30 years ago. I used to believe that four or five years ago. Just, I, I didn't know I believed it. I didn't think I believed it, but everything was, was predicated on what you're doing for God so that you can find favor with him. Well, if you want God to meet your needs, you better go and sow a seed. You know, and I, I believe in sowing seed. I believe in sowing and reaping, y'all. Don't get me wrong. I believe that there's merit to that. And no matter what you're doing, good or bad, you sow and you're going to reap. Okay, that's the truth. But the truth of the matter is, is that if I have a need, I can go to my heavenly father and say, Father, I want you to know that I completely and totally put my trust in Jesus, that he was perfect and he was enough to satisfy the debt that I had. So now because of that, because I believe in Jesus, I thank you for your grace and I thank you that ABC, whatever that need is, is met in Jesus' name. 
And when, and, and when I go out and I have a day, I don't like repent of things real quick because I'm afraid God's going to, I'm going to fall out of favor with God. But that's really how a lot of you have thought in the past, or maybe you still do. Maybe you still do. You really somehow believe. And again, I'm not preaching a, we just can go sin and do whatever we want. It's the motivation behind it. I don't quote unquote sin on purpose because I love Jesus and I want to honor him and I want to stay connected to him. He doesn't break connection with me. A lot of times my condemnation and my guilt breaks connection with him. It's kind of like, it, you know, and, and when, when, G, when Adam and Eve are in the garden, they blow it, they eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. God told them not to. What did they do? They went and hid. And God's walking in the cool of day and saying, where are you? He knew where they were. He's not dumb. He's all-knowing. He's God, right? Where are you? Why did he ask them that question? Because he wanted them to locate themselves. They located themselves at that moment. They said, we were naked, therefore we hid from you. And he said, who told you you are naked? Same thing with you. You come to God, you've blown it. Maybe you've blown it for the 98th time. And you're sure God is just sick of hearing your prayer of, I'm sorry, um, please forgive me. I know I'm here for the 98th time. You're sure of it. But yet when we come to God, it's already an issue that's been dealt with. Your sin issue has already been dealt with in Christ Jesus. He has bought and paid for your past sins, your present ones, and even the ones that you are yet to commit. He's paid for it. Therefore, we have favor with God. We have a connection with God. Unlike religious people, we have a connection with God because it's a relationship. The word grace is actually in the uh, Greek called charis or charis. I don't, even, I don't even know if I'm saying that right. It sounds better. I'm a tang. Charis. Hey, charis. Turn to me to Malachi chapter. Anyway, Malachi's Malachi in case you're wondering. But grace means this. It means kindness, gifts, goodwill, and favor towards someone. So because the grace of God is on my life, God is kind to me. He gives me gifts that I don't deserve. He extends goodwill that I've not merited. And he gives me favor just because of who Jesus is. That's the grace of God. Our right standing with him is totally predicated on what we believe in Christ Jesus. Now, the whole idea of sin, no sin, doing this, not doing this, those things, I was talking to a, a, a younger a guy tonight before, and we talked about the quote-unquote rules and regulations or the things that surround us that we read in the Word of God in the New Testament. Those things are there simply to enhance and protect your relationship with Jesus. Why? Because he's going to kick you to the curb if you blow it? No. A lot of times it's our own condemnation and guilt that rats us out. It gets us to the point where we don't even want to go and ask God for something because we've blown it. And he knows that because he's given us a conscience. And that conscience can sometimes give us a lot of different problems. But in Romans 5, 1 and 2, it says this. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have, say this word with me, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into 
this grace in which we now stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now remember a couple weeks back, we talked about what peace is. The Advent season, we're gonna meditate on his peace. And this is what it simply is. In your life, when you have peace, it's nothing missing, nothing broken, total health and prosperity in every area of your life. That's all it is. How many of you could stand for a little total health and prosperity in every area of your life? Right, I'm putting up a boot because I could use it. I could use it and then some, and then some. But that's what peace is. We're able to access this peace by faith, by trust, by believing into this grace. We'll talk about faith probably in February again. I want to bring that up again. But right now, just understand this. Faith is simply this. It's the handle of anything that you desire. It's the handle that goes on what you desire. Right now, you're, let's just, perfect for instance, maybe you're sick in your body. Like today, I've been fighting something all day with headachey, stomachy, bleh. And thank God I have friends who brought me Excedrin and Pepsid. <laughs> but seriously, in that situation, uh, I have something missing and I have something broken. So at that point, I want that health and prosperity in my life. So what I do is by my faith, which means to speak, to say, I access that grace. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that by your stripes I am healed and I receive that to myself and I absolutely stand against sickness and thank you that by your stripes I was healed. That's faith accessing the grace. Access means this, access which provides the right to speak. I thought this was really interesting. We have access, which is the right to speak. Have you ever been somewhere or, or been in some rare air and you just walk in and you're just like, you know, I'm just like the chubby girl at the prom. I'm just glad to be here. I'm going to say nothing. You know what I'm saying? Is that terrible? No, it's okay. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Forgive me if that was terrible. But, you know, you're just happy to be here. Or, wow, I'm like, like I had a friend who they went to... Uh, What's that course out in California that is such a big deal? Pebble Beach. Went to Pebble Beach. Huge big deal, right? And he was signed up at a certain tea time, and he was one of four. So he's playing with three other guys. The three other guys were Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, and Tiger's caddy. And they said, hey, you mind? We're going to send a guy out to you to play. Oh, yeah, go ahead. That, can you imagine? Getting up to the tee and telling Tiger, you know what? I think your swing's a little bit off. <laughs> Tiger, I think you're, you're pulling too far inside. Now, I, would you say a word? No, we don't say a word. We're in rare air. But the thing is, is when we get before God, yeah, we're in rare air, but we have a right to speak. That's what this access has given us. Faith is simply the tool to, to access all that God's given to us. And I'm so thrilled about that. Romans 5.18 and Amplified says this, well then, as one man's trespass, one man's false step and falling away led to condemnation for all men, so one man's act of righteousness leads to acquittal and right standing with God and life for all men. Condemnation was a result of sin, this driving relentlessness on the inside of you that makes you feel like you're bad. That's condemnation. 
Righteousness is the result of the gift, grace, that Jesus has provided for us. Anytime that we experience guilt, condemnation, or fear, we are experiencing the law, which is death. Paul tells us specifically in Romans that the law leads to death because no man could keep the law. No man could be perfect and keep the law. There was only one guy who did that that I know of, and his name is? Yeah, he's the only guy who was able to do it. Nobody's been able to do it, and neither does God expect us to hold us to that code anymore. Now we have a relationship and a love relationship with a, a Lord and Savior that we have access, the right to speak as we come into his presence. What we have known in this world most of our lives is living by the law, which constitutes death. But when we choose to put our belief in Jesus, who was enough, we experience God's grace, which is a freedom. So in these past four years that I've really grabbed hold of this, it's like I can have constant joy and peace in my life, even when circumstances aren't good. I just have this constant flow of joy and peace, even though circumstances are good. And I am so thankful for that, to experience his grace. Luke 5, 36 and 39 says this. Then he spoke a parable to them. No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one. Otherwise, the new makes a tear. And also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled and the wineskins will be ruined. Have, how, how many of y'all ever read this before? Okay, how many of y'all, when you read it at the first time, went, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I did. But wineskins are simply this. They represent the way we live and believe. We, but here's the problem with the way we live and believe. What we try to do, because it says right here that if we put new wine, grace, into wineskins, that's us, and we're believing the old set of rules, it won't work for us. But if we choose grace and we play with the set of rules that follows grace, now we've got this joy and peace that is just unbelievable, that has just freed me from the law of sin and death. It's, tr it's like this. It's like trying to play. I spit on my own computer. It's like this. It's like trying to play football with baseball rules. You can't do it. Can't play football with baseball rules. You can't play basketball with soccer rules. That's not good. You kick a ball, you kick a ball in basketball, get a whistle called, you get the ball taken away from you. You kick the ball in soccer, and everyone goes like this. You can't do it. You can't play with, with two different sets of rules. So if you're trying to walk the line and obey and do everything just perfect, not saying that we shouldn't, we absolutely should, could and should live that way. But we live that way simply because we love Jesus and everything he's done for us, not because we're trying to earn something with God. Because I cannot earn something with God, but I believe in Jesus and he's earned it all. Amen? We have to think and believe and act according to grace and then we'll experience real grace. Verse 38 says, but new wine must be put into new wineskins and both are preserved. And no one having drunk the old wine immediately desires new, for he says the old is better. 
Listen, if you've been living according to the law, according to religion all of your life, you're going to think, well, that's the better way until this new way comes that it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. You mean I don't have to do this, this, and this for God to be good with me? No, you don't. I just have to believe that Jesus was enough and his sacrifice for me. Now I can have favor on my life and God's totally cool with me. Yes. Well, I don't know about that. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, just in case, because I I, I, I'm afraid of hell, I'm going to put one foot in the law camp and one foot in the grace camp. And the problem is, is that it keeps getting wider and wider. I'm not going to do the splits because I can't. And you just, there's a chasm between, and you can't, you can't live both lives. So we've got to forsake the old and grab onto the whole new way that God wants us to live. Romans 5.21 in the Amplified says this. Let's look at the love of God. How many of you have ever heard the phrase, walk in love? How many of you ever heard the person, when somebody's mean to you and somebody says, well, we'll just have to walk in love. You ever heard that before? Right? Walking in love is not just about being nice to mean people. Walking in love is walking in the knowledge and understanding and the revelation of how much God loves me. Not how much God loves Rena, because God knows he does. Or crush. I got to know how much God, understand how much Jesus loves me. That's what's important. Romans 5.21 says this. So that just as sin has reigned in death, so grace his unearned and undeserved favor might reign also through righteousness, right standing with God, which issues in eternal life through Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, our Lord. Grace works through the understanding that in Christ Jesus, we are righteous before God because we've chosen to put our trust in what Jesus has done and understand how much the Father loves us. 1 John four sixteen says, and we know, understand, recognize, are conscious of by observation and experience and believe adhere to and put our faith in and rely on the love God cherishes for us. God is love and he who dwells and continues in love and continues in God and God dwells and continues in him. What this scripture is basically telling us is that we have to have a regular experience, a daily regular experience with the love of God on a regular basis. That's what we're after. Walking in love is, like I said, so much more than being nice to people, but walking in the experience of God's love daily makes us impenetrable to the difficulties of life and the attacks of the enemy. You're not going to say they're not there. The attacks of the enemy are there, but somehow when you're just so convinced about how much Jesus loves you, you know that he's going to take care of everything. So you're just so not worrying about the little stupid trivial stuff that everybody at your job worries about. You're like, I'm cool. God's going to take care of me. It's all good. Um, when you get that revelation. Romans 8, uh, 35 through 39 says this. And I'm, I'm, I'm well, kind of coming to a close. Coming to the end. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. When we understand and experience the love of Jesus for us, we walk through life without the devastation that life can bring. 
I've known people who, um, uh, Pastor Ron Howard, wonderful, wonderful man. Pastor Ron's got to be what, Bill, mid-70s now? He lost a daughter at, when she was 24 years old, and that's rough. I will never experience that in Jesus' name. But he experienced that, but yet it did not affect him. Most people are just handicapped for the rest of their lives. And I get it. I understand why. Pastor Ron had such a revelation of God's love for him and God's love for his daughter. That, and he understood and knew where she was that he was able to function and continue to walk in the call that he had. I always got so amazed at that. So amazed that he was such a whole person after having such a tragedy in his life. But that's because he knew and understood the love of Jesus. The reason for this is simply when I know and experience God's love for me, I understand that no matter what comes my way, I'm safe and I'm provided for. That's what we're after, guys. So what can we do to experience his grace and walk in his love? I'm glad you asked. Number one, I'm just going to tell you things you already know, but seriously, take it to heart. Number one, meditate and think on God's word. Meditate and think on God's word. The word meditate actually means to chew, deliberate, mull over, muse, revolve, roll, ruminate. Not quite sure where that's going. Turn over, think upon. When we meditate on God's word, it's like we think about it for a while. We think about it. We chew on it. And then we come back and we think about it again. We're meditating. We're trying to get the truth of that over into our, into our heart. The Joshua 1.8 says this, the book of the, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, and only then, will you make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. We need to meditate on God's word. That's gonna help us to experience grace and walk in his love. Number two, stay connected through prayer. We're gonna have a whole month on this in the month of January. I'm very excited about it. But 1 Thessalonians 5.17 simply says this, Three-word verse. It's, 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 do you know the only shorter verse in the Bible than pray without ceasing? Jesus, Jesus wept. You guys are so smart. Here, I thought I was going to tell you something. Pray without ceasing. The idea of this verse is continuously unceasing. We have this constant dialogue with God throughout the day. That's what prayer is, everybody. It's not going into your prayer closet and getting on your knees and praying, it can be that too, but praying on your knees for, for an hour. Remember back in the 80s, everybody? Can you not tarry with me for an hour, Larry Lee? Anyone? Come on, you Rama people. So Rich does. It was a big thing. Yeah, Richard does. He talked about praying for an hour, and it was this whole principle that was taught. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about going throughout your day and talking to Jesus as if he's right next to you because you know what? He is. We cast every care throughout the day. I don't worry about things, right? You don't worry about things, do you? Yeah. No, we don't worry about them. We go, you know what, Father? I, I could really try to get tripped up by that and really take on some care, but I'm going to choose to cast that care over on you and thank you that whatever the scripture that you need to use is, is there for me and I'm, I'm good. We're all good. We make petition through prayer for what we need. We pray for others. So pray without ceasing. And lastly, this is the last thing I'm going to say and we'll, we'll, we'll close for tonight, is speak. Now, the Bible tells us that access is the right to speak. The right to speak. 
Romans 4.17 says this, As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations, in the presence of him who, whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. He does what? He calls those things which do not exist as though they did. If you're sick, call yourself healed. I'm not talking about a Scientology thing where an arm's broken. My arm's not broke. My arm's not broke. Yeah, it is. I'm not talking about that. I mean, calling something that be not, I not be healed, to be healed. Father, I thank you that by your stripes, my head and my stomach is healed in Jesus' name. Calling those things that be not as though they were. We must make the effort to say what God says over our life instead of the circumstances or people. I know you guys know this stuff, but it's just something that we need to be reminded of because it's so easy to just forget. You know, it's so easy for me. Sometimes I'll go I'll go days and I haven't I haven't prayed in the Holy Spirit. Okay, maybe I've prayed in the English, but I haven't prayed in the Holy Spirit. And I just remember, wow, I haven't done that in a couple days now. So I got to get myself back on that and do that again. Or wow, you know, I, I used to do this a little bit better when I worked out. I'm going to do that. You know, I mean, different things that look like that. And I think it's really important for us to make sure that we're saying what God says over us. Yeah. You know, famous thing what is, is the, the commercial comes on. The flu is coming to your house. Me and Jennifer look at the team and go, not our house. <laughs> really important that we just say what God says over our lives. And I think if we can experience his grace, and we can walk in his love, I think something of your peace and your joy level just automatically is on cruise control. And I think it's so important for us to do that. All right. I want to take a moment. I'm going to pray over you, pray over your family. Um, and just pray over your new year. Amen. Could you stand with me? Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, I just want to first of all thank you for every single person who's here tonight and every family that they represent. And I ask you right now in the name of Jesus to help each and every person, even those who couldn't make it tonight that normally come to the chapel. I just pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would cause us to experience your grace in 2020 like we've never experienced it before. By the blessing of the Lord overtaking our lives and the things that we need, the things that we even want, I pray that our health would just absolutely be awesome this year in every way. Our finances would be on the up and up. We wouldn't be always sucking wind to pay that last bill, but we'd be ahead and have more left over so that we can be a blessing to others who have need. I thank you for that, Lord. And I thank you for your grace and your peace just absolutely surrounding every single family in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it, Lord. Give you all the honor all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hey, listen, I just want to thank you guys for coming. Thank you uh, for being here tonight. Just remember that we love you. Jesus loves you. Have an awesome week. We'll see you Saturday. God bless.